Jamoke Davis here for another episode of Just for Sport. Before we get to the series that I have been doing over the course of the last three podcasts, talking baseball and breaking down each division, I had a great time on NBA Picks and Props yesterday, talking about the All-Star Game. Didn't do so well with my picks, my predictions, but I did enjoy myself. I had a good time with the guys, um, and... You know, I enjoyed the game as well. I, you know, I, do I watch the NFL Pro Bowl all the time? No. You know, but if they ever did um, a postseason, you know, a midseason game, I don't know if necessarily I will watch that more. Um, if it's because the Pro Bowl was always always around the Super Bowl the week before. Maybe that's why I don't 100% always pay attention to it, but... You know, obviously, baseball, they have an all-star game midseason, so I feel like you get into it a little bit more. And so does the NBA, and I enjoy it. You know, a little midseason break, get all of the best players together. It's fun. It's fun. But we're talking about the NL East as we get closer and closer to warmer weather, and not just baseball, but you know, there's nothing better than sitting in the outfield, a couple of bleachers. It's kind of maybe lazily watching a game. And some cities and stadiums may have fans this upcoming season, which will be good. And I hope to get to a game or two as well. The National League East, as we look at the odds, is going to be the tightest race of any division. Any division. From the Braves at plus 120 to the Marlins at plus 2,500. And yes, the Marlins, they could be the division winner. Because I know one thing you didn't expect. You didn't expect the Nationals coming off of a World Series championship to be as bad as they were last year. Albeit it was a 60 game season, 26 and 34. Oof. But you know you didn't expect the Marlins to be as good as they were. Not only were they 31 and 29, which okay, it does that's not great. They were four games out of first place winning the division. The Atlanta Braves did at 35 and 25. But I also think that what you saw in the Marlins is a young team that had nothing to lose and they're going to try to follow that up with another another season another quality season and we'll start with the Marlins as they are at the um have the most odds of winning the division at plus 2,500, right? 
$1 gets you $250 to win the National League East Division. They were hands down the most surprising team of the season. And especially because they lost 105 games. They were in last place in 2019. So, of course, everybody's talking about, oh, Derek Jeter and the Marlins turning a corner. And this is even with, oh, come on, we all thought they were they were done. They had 18 players sidelined during, due to COVID during this 60-game season. No one thought the Marlins would do what they did. Kim Ng becoming the first female general manager in MLB history this offseason. It'll be interesting, and in many ways, because they were such a surprise, they may have more eyeballs on them, especially with Derek Jeter being at the head um, of the team, the face in many ways of the team. They may be looking at the Marlins. As fans, you may be looking at the Marlins to see what they do more than you will the Braves, Nats, Mets, or Phillies. The big question for the Marlins will be, how will their young starters do in a longer season? Just as much as I talked about them being the surprise, they were partially the surprise because it was such a condensed season. They dealt with so many things and they stuck together and fought through it. But now we're talking about adding 102 games along with the 60. 162 is a lot different from 60. Can their starting pitching hold up? Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez... Sixto Sanchez, hard-throwing Sixto Sanchez. He's got a cool name, right? Sixto Sanchez. Trevor Rogers, Hernandez. They are all 25 years old or younger. And we'll have to see, right? We'll have to see what they are able to To do. I just, I don't know. They didn't do much during the offseason. No big, splashy, big free agent signings. That was their thing, right? Let's go younger. Who do they have on their offense? The best player, Starling Marte. He's a little bit of everything. Kind of like a 5-2 player, right? He's got speed. He can hit, doesn't walk. And I guess that's a good thing he doesn't walk, right? He's always making contact, getting on base with hits. That's what you think about with this team. What do they have on offense? Not only talking about the the younger pitching as I brought up. But what else do they have on offense? 
And that's where I'm not quite sure what they have. The questions for them going into this season. Can Adam Duvall as a cleanup hitter actually be a cleanup hitter? Can Jazz Chisholm, who also, that's a really cool name, didn't play as well last year, but can he turn the corner this year? It remains to be seen. And the key is, I guess in some ways you can say, well, maybe it was more about last year they were overachieving, and it's okay if they don't play as well this year. It was almost an aberration, and I think most Marlins fans would be okay with that. We never expected this to all of a sudden turn around and it clicks just like that. Only one Marlins pitcher threw more than 42 innings last year. So again, you're talking about a young pitching staff playing 162 games. That's a lot different. That is a lot different. In Florida, I imagine there will be fans in the stands. They have a nice, what, relatively new stadium, right? I think the stadium was, what, two, three years old? I think that's what it is. But when I look at this roster, the lineup, Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, Garrett Cooper, Brian Anderson, Adam Duvall, Jazz Chisholm, Jorge Alfaro, and Miguel Rojas. Only one of those names you probably really are scared of, and that's, or not scared of, but Starling Marte is their best player. But I don't know. At plus 2,500, you could take a flyer on them. They obviously came four games of being a division winner last year. If they can somehow turn it around, you never know. You never know. But that can kind of be a good thing that you never know. I think that's what we're talking about with the NL lease is you just don't know what team is going to be at the top of that division when all is said and done. And that actually makes it really exciting. Next team we're talking about is the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 875 to win the division. Now they did re-sign their all-star catcher JT Real Muto, Muto to a five-year $115.5 million contract. But, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. The biggest issue 
is Real Muto had an injury already this season. Now, he is expected to return for opening day. He had the fractured thumb earlier during this uh, during spring training. Maybe. Maybe he's going to be okay. There's a chance. But I don't know. I just don't know about this team. And, you know, look, being a Nats fan from D.C., I was so excited when the D.C. was getting a new franchise. I actually went to several games during that first season, the first Nats season, playing at RFK Stadium. But what are you going to get from this team? Bryce Harper left the Nats. The Nats win the World Series. I'm sure he was bummed about that. Even if I remember correctly, if not the last series in the regular season, they eliminated the Phillies from the playoffs that year. I actually am probably in the minority that thinks that Bryce Harper is really overrated. I think he's a, a a really, really talented player. But I think it's more hype than it is him actually being a superstar. I don't think he's on Mike Trout's level. But then again, Mike Trout hasn't won either. And I think in baseball, it is a little bit harder. It's not like when you sign someone like a Bryce Harper or a Mike Trout that that's like signing Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Bucks. No, it's not. Baseball very much so is way more about the team. I mean, even LeBron James. I think in basketball, you can sign a player and make a difference, but I don't see it. And if you don't see it, if you're a Phillies fan, just look at what the Phillies have done since they've signed Bryce Harper. Are you happy? Are you happy? They finished the season last year 28-32. and 32. Third place in the division. You can't be happy about that. You can't be happy to even think about the fact that the Miami Marlins had a better record. The year before that, 2019, what did the Philadelphia Phillies finish? 500, 81 and 81. They lost three of seven of 10. They went three and seven to end the season. So they even were going down towards the end of the season. I just feel like, I don't know. The Phillies are not very good defensively. Maybe if Alec Bomb can bomb some out. I like to call him Bomb, the bomber. Reese Hawkins, Didi Gregorius. They've got to do something. And Reese Hopkins is coming off a of Tommy John surgery. So you don't know what you're going to get from him at first base. They've got an older Andrew McCutcheon. 
who I love Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, he was one of the more dynamic players when he was with the Pirates. But since then, it's just, I don't know. They have bad defense. Now they have decent pitching. Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. I think that if Zach Eflin can have a good year, that's a good three-player rotation. Not quite sure about Spencer Howard or Vince Velasquez. I think you're crossing your fingers there. But they also don't have a good bullpen. You know what their ERA was last year? 7.06. It's heading in the wrong direction with Archie Bradley as the closer. If you're a Phillies fan, are you really excited? You can't be. And certainly, if you look at the DraftKings prediction for who's going to win a division, the Phillies are just barely over the Marlins. Well, not just barely if you look at plus 2,500 to plus 875, but second from last place, not very good. Not very good. Now, speaking of not very good, I'm going to go to my... Washington Nationals. Oh boy, the Nationals. The biggest thing that bothered me with the Nationals is they didn't get to defend the national title last year. And I wonder what that played into the psyche of this team. There's no way you can go from being the World Series champs to being as bad as they were last year. To end up in last place the way that they did. Now, granted, the funny thing is over the years, as you look at the history of Washington, the Washington football team, a lot of times after those Super Bowl seasons, they didn't they go the next season and go seven and nine, eight and eight. Maybe you get a little lackadaisical. Just as I talk about the Phillies ended 2019, losing 7 of 10, Washington finished 2020 winning 7 of 10. A three-game winning streak. Only the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays had a longer winning streak going in, ending the season, rather, because it's not like Washington was in the playoffs. But I just felt bad for them not being able to have fans and, you know, being able to really, you know, tour the National League and I guess and sometimes the AL League because they play the Orioles as well. You know, in those. uh... Uh, Rivalry, I guess, between the Orioles and Nats. But I just bummed. And I think that they. Let Anthony Rendon go after they won the World Series. I don't know if they replaced him well. You're going to have to see a big step up from some of the younger players. Carter Keboom, Victor Robles. You know, they have Juan Soto, Trey Turner. 
They got Josh Bell from the Pirates. But Juan Soto, if he can have another solid year, you know, I'd say probably he's looking all the way over to the NL West. And he's seeing another young player get a 13-year deal from the San Diego Padres. And I'm sure for him, he's like, for Juan Soto, that is, he's like, wait a minute. I am just as good as Fernando Tatis Jr. So I'm going to get that contract soon too, right? I wonder how much that may actually play into how he does this season. Because I'm sure he's looking across there saying, hey, look, Fernando Tatis Jr., his contract wasn't up, but they realize what type of talent they have in him, and maybe you got to do the same thing for me. So Mike Rizzo's got his work cut out for him, but he also has his work cut out for him because the starting rotation has their work cut out for them. Yes, it's the top of the line starting rotation. There is no doubt about that, starting with Max Scherzer, who, by the way, is in the final year of a seven-year, $210 million contract. He's at the age of 36. Now, he definitely, there's no doubt that he's been worth it. Three strikeout titles, two Cy Young Awards, five All-Star appearances, and a World Series title. Not bad, but he gives up a lot of home runs, at least in my mind, especially early innings. 2020, I didn't see the same Max Scherzer that I did from the previous seasons. I don't know. They're going to need a lot from not just Mad Max, but Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. Steven Strasburg, who as the greatness that is Tony Kornheiser, which I love listening to his podcast, always calls him the Orchid. I don't remember if he came up with that name or someone else, but that's going to be a key determination of how this team does, how this older, maybe a little more fragile starting rotation does. Can Joe Ross, the youngest, younger of the the list here of starters, what can he do? I liked how they added John Lester. Again, as I mentioned I did like how they added Josh Bell. But we're going to have to see. I am happy that they also uh, re-signed Ryan Zimmerman. If if nothing else, as kind of like a, a, you know, just someone in the locker room. Maybe he's not going to get as much playing time. But, you know, for what he's done for this team and being... As long as he's been with this franchise, I hope that they keep him. But we're also, not only with the starting rotation, but the bullpen. What are we going to do? Brad Hand is the closer. 
Will Harris wasn't the Will Harris that I think we thought we the Nationals would get when they signed him from the Astros. Wander Suero. He may need to wander onto um, another team by the time we get to the first couple of weeks of the regular season if he doesn't pull it together. But at plus 600, 6-1 to one for the Nats, especially being a fan, I could do that. I could take that. But realistically, especially as I am on being, I am predicting, when you think of what what the Padres did with Fernando Tatis Jr. You know, most of the the farm system, the quality farm system players are, they're up in the big leagues now. So either it's time for players like Victor Robles and Carter Keyboom and, and even Juan Soto, Trey Turner, to take that next step. I did like Kyle Schwarber being signed, but you know, he's more of a home run hitter. We'll know what Jan Gomes will do at the catcher position. But this may be the Nationals' last chance to get to the World Series. This may be it. As hard as that is to say, this may be it. Because the competition is coming for you. And we're going to go up I-95, past the Phillies, to the New York Mets. And they may be the biggest competition. Although I feel like every year it's always kind of like a rivalry. But the Mets were 26-35 and 35 last year in the play-demic season. Not very good. But, funny thing, similar to the Washington football team having a super fan as their owner, Steve Cohen. A Mets lifer, a super fan, paid $2.475 billion to buy the Mets. And he wants to win now. He wants to win now. They were aggressive in the offseason. I think they will continue to try to win now and win later. They want to be dominant, like the Yankees. They are considered a favorite at plus 140. They are considered a favorite. But where are they going to go? If you look at this lineup... And I read this entire lineup. Does anybody scare you? Francisco Lindor, Brandon Nemo, Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, Dominic Smith, Dominique Smith, Michael Conforto, James McCann, J.D. Davis. No relation. And no, no one scares you. Pete Alonzo's great at first base. But I think you go into the season season wondering, especially if you're a Mets fan, what are you going to get? The last division title for the Mets was in 2015. Every year we talk about, oh, the Mets are going to contend. 
Look out for the Mets. And they never do it. Their rotation. Jacob DeGrom. How many years have we been talking about him? I like Carlos Carrasco. Noah Syndergaard. It was good that they added Carlos Carrasco. It really was. But will Noah Syndergaard be healthy? Do they have enough pitching depth to make it through the season? Edwin Diaz is their closer. They have a good bullpen. They signed Trevor May. But you, I, I, you don't know. Jacob DeGrom, 2.38 ERA, NL best, 104 strikeouts to just 18 walks. Shortened season. He won the Cy Young Award in 2018 and 2019. But I don't know. Can Francisco Lindor, was that the signing that says, yes, that's the player we were missing? And I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. And you probably don't either. But if you want the Mets, you can get them at plus 140. The last team, and I think the odds-on favorite to win the NL East are the Atlanta Braves. Full disclosure, I actually used to work for the Braves. I kind of always want to see them do well, but, but not necessarily because I, I don't know. It's You know, it goes back to my memories of when I was first starting in sports. They have the best lineup top to bottom. They do. They do. Ronald Asuna Jr. leading off. I could just say his name. You're like, yeah, they're going to be good. But that's not it. Dansby Swanson, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, it's probably the one you don't know about, and Christian Pache. They've won the NL East three years in a row, and they only seem to be getting better. They only seem to be getting better. Their lineup is loaded. And their rotation is good. Now, granted, you know, unless you're a Braves fan, you may feel like you don't know these pitchers' names. They're not sexy when you say their names. Mike Soroka, who's coming off of a torn right. Achilles Tendon, Ian Anderson, Max Freed, Charlie Morton is a number four, Drew Smiley. And their bullpen is actually really good. Will Smith is the closer. 
that was one of the best things last year. I don't know if you remember when Will Smith was pitching to Will Smith. Braves Dodgers. That was fun. And I think there was a third Will Smith as well, but so long ago. I don't remember. But their bullpen is good. Tyler Matzik, Luke Jackson, Tuki Toussaint. Chris Martin, A.J. Minter, Joss Tomlin, Grant Dayton. Top to bottom, this team is just loaded. Now, I'm sure most Braves fans and the players would say, well, we underachieved last year. We thought we would win it all, and maybe this year will be their year. But the other crazy thing is, these guys are durable. When you look at the shortened season and the injuries, I read a stat that said only 15 players played in all 60 games in the shortened season. In all of Major League Baseball, only 15 players. 25, excuse me, 20% of those players Three of them all played for the Braves. Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, and Marcelo Zuna. That's durability. And that's why they are the odds-on favorite to win the National League East at plus 120. They are that good. They're that good. So if I'm looking at these teams, I'm like, okay, who's your favorite? My favorite is the Braves, yes. Who's my sleeper that I say to take, um, you know, yesterday doing the NBA picks and props. They talked about um, who is your, uh, if you had $100 to spend, who are you spending it on? And I was breaking it up into uh, $15 and $5 increments, picking a favorite and a sleeper. And I should have done it reverse. I should have said $5 on the favorite, $15 on the sleeper. Oh no. I don't know. I guess I did it the right way. But my sleeper would be the Nats. I think they have the best lineup behind the Braves. And they've got the pitching to do it. So, Braves... Odds on favorite, I'm saying they'll win the National League East. If you want a sleeper, they'll win. the Braves will win the National League East at plus 120 on DraftKings. But if you want a sleeper, taking the Nats at plus 600. And that's not, not because they're my home team. It's just in general. I think they're a quality team. And this may be it. This may be it. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Just for Sport. Here with Jamoke. Next up, we are going to talk about the National League Central on Thursday. So hope you'll be in tune for that. And we'll also talk some college basketball um, because the March Madness is, yeah, we're almost there. We are almost at the tournament, and that's going to be fun. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to uh, listen share, leave a review, 
Let other people know about it. Hopefully, I've given you some tidbits to win you some money. That'll do it for this podcast. Ciao for now.